0: The story, no <laughs> no the story of my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40-shotting goal was... 40 and goal is little deceiving. here. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's, Here's
1: Nope. This is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Hey, yes, we are. We are back from our hiatus, uh, our bye week, our quarterly bye week. Uh, shout-outs to everybody, uh, Ranger fans, NHL fans, hockey fans, uh, the Ranked Podcast with Ranger Proud. We, we are back. Uh, we'll be here for a strong three months, probably till like the end of June, uh, Independence Day weekend-ish. For another bye week, you know, because you know your boys and gals here at the Bleep Blue Show, we need a break, man. I mean, we gotta have fun with this stuff. So, um, RP, I don't know. To be quite honest with you, I'm not gonna throw RP on the bus. I know he's busy uh, at his daughter's game uh, earlier today, so he may not join. So we'll hold it down. Uh, Myself, uh, Glenn, Scott, Carl, uh, we have a lot to discuss. Not only with our team, but I think the last, uh, I'll say. 20 minutes of this episode, we'll get to the rest of the NHL. Uh, Because I'm really intrigued on what everybody has to say around the league. We got five games left, and I got my questions on the table for the guys for uh, this episode. I'm going to talk about the previous games. Uh, A Very good win in D.C. versus the Capitals. Uh, They had the uh, overtime loss versus the Sabres. Uh, Two good road wins, uh, Carolina and Florida. And, and I think the game, the Jersey game, uh, I think that was a little bit of a um, game I wish we could have, and I think that's probably going to keep us separated from the Devils, but I'll let the guys decide if that's the case, and then we'll get to the, around the rest of the league, because I really want to get their thoughts on the Eastern and the Western Conference, but let's bring the guys on, Glenn, just say hello real quick, just a quick hello, how you doing, hope all is well, we'll bring on Scott just to say hello, how you doing sir?
0: Yep. Well, uh, Hello, Steve. Hello, RP. I don't know who else is on with us, but it's good to be back after, uh, as you said, our uh, bye week uh, to rest up, to uh, uh, nurse any of our injuries and get ready for the playoffs just like the team is. So it's great to be back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to your thoughts, uh, Glenn, uh, not only just with Farsquare. I got some questions I'd like to ask you because you watch all the games and definitely want to, I have a great question for you. And I hope I do not forget to ask this uh, by the end of this episode uh, Look forward to that But Scott, say hello man, how you doing man? And i like to say, uh, Scott, thank you from um, Two years ago for knocking us out The tournament We, we got back <laughs> on track The world is at its axis I'm glad to be a national champion again, Scott How you doing man?
2: Uh, congratulations on that I just want to say that the one and only time in my life Where I won my bracket pool Was the year that they uh, UConn previously won it I guess, what was that, 04 I think? Uh, that was mm-hmm. the uh, previous other time. Uh, real quick fun fact about that. Uh, in 02, when Maryland won it, I was running my bracket pool, and um, my dad, I was the only one that picked Maryland, and my dad hands in his bracket, picks Duke. I said, absolutely not. I, said, I gave it back to him. I was like, no, I'm not putting this in. Absolutely not. So what does he do? He changes <laughs> it to Maryland, and then he wins the pool, and I come in second.
1: <laughs> holy shit. So, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that was a great – But that Maryland was fine. That had to be, what, oh, Terrence Morris, uh, uh, Blake, uh, Juan Dixon. Oh, yeah, that was a good team. Man. <laughs> that yeah, was by-
2: good team. Byron Mouton. Uh, everybody except Terrence Morris. Terrence Morris was gone already. I believe he was more 98-ish, oh, he was I think, Francis. 99. Yeah, oh, no, he, oh, yeah.
1: yeah he, he was with Francis. Or in in right. the same era, yeah. I believe. Yeah. But, but, yeah, he was, was gone not, by, they by, by, by the 1-0-2 team. Cool, cool. Let's, go to, let's go to Carl. Carl, what's up, man? How you doing, man? What's good, man? Good to have you back,
3: man. A pleasant good evening, Steve, and good evening, gentlemen. The load management that you used for us these last two weeks to keep us away has been very, very effective. So we are recharged and uh, gearing up for the playoff drive April 17th, because every commercial that they run now, uh, I've been noticing, keeps promoting that date. So April 17th, we're just looking forward to the day.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. Let's get this thing rolling um uh we could start we gonna start top level uh we could go to glenn uh glenn uh, let, let's talk about it was a very good win versus d c um I actually have a good question as far as um uh what's on our team uh, well, not that. let me do it like this uh, i I was gonna wait to later in the episode when we got to the western conference side of things two part question for you, glenn question number one. Going into the, uh, oh, first of all, can let, 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 me so many thoughts going through my head. Let me, let's start this stuff on top. Glenn, do we catch Jersey? That's, let's start there because I say no. They were three points behind. They got the Penguins tonight. Do you think the Rangers catch the uh, the Devils who has, uh, let's see, they got Pittsburgh tonight. They got Colorado at home. They're in Boston, but you think Boston is going to rest their place. Or they're going to like some superior record that nobody's going to ever catch, the Sabres and then the Capitals? Or do you think we're going to stay put and be a road team in that What What's your thoughts? That's, that's part one on that question. What, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, the killer was the Jersey game, obviously. Uh, yeah. If we had won that game in regulation, we'd be a point ahead of the Devils right now. Uh, I was just looking at that mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. So, um, you know, I, I think that was the turning point. Uh, I, I understand the Devils have a couple of tough games coming up. Uh, as far as Boston, I – you know, I think Boston could do both. I think they could still break the record and rest their players, uh, you know, intermittently there. So I don't know if uh, they're going to rest players against the Devils, but, uh, you know, they may want to do it against, I-, I don't know what Boston's schedule is. Maybe they got a couple of games that are against lesser opponents that they might, you know, rest a couple of guys. But uh, now I-, I think that was really the-, the key game there that we had to win. And, uh, you know, when, when we didn't do that, I think, you know, even though it's three points, uh, like I said, the Devils – like you said, the Devils are beating Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, so, now, unfortunately, I think we are not going to catch them uh, and wind up being the home team. Uh, so, you know, we start on the road. I-, I think that's fine. I'm not worried about starting on the road with the Devils. Uh, I- I've still got some questions about them as far as, uh, you know, how they're going to handle uh, the pressure of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about that, if not this week, next week. Uh, But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable playing the Devils and starting on the road. And, no, I agree with you, Steve. I don't think we're catching them. All
1: right. and Part two of my question, and I'm glad you said what you said at the end, because this is kind of how I'm looking at this episode tonight with you guys. And it's kind of what Carl said is the recharge for the playoffs. Because, honestly, to me, this is a a pre-playoff episode. This is how I'm treating tonight's episode as well as next Tuesday. Because we kind of know where we are. We're not going anywhere in the standings. So we, in this, most of the matchups are pretty much our is. But it's just kind of buying time at this point. So part two is the question, Or, um, uh, you know, since we were not here last week, how, you know, after losing to the Devils. But pretty good road wins, back-to-back road wins, uh, Carolina uh, at Florida. What were your thoughts? You know, you know, we didn't speak on it. What were your thoughts on that? But then, you know, the Buffalo game and then the Capitol game. Like, what were your thoughts on those four games?
0: Well, I mean, as far as the the Carolina game, I thought it was very encouraging, actually both of those games, that we played very well against them. Um, You know, obviously they've lost Svechnikov, which is a a big loss for them. Um, You know, and we played them well this year. If you remember going back last year, they just blew us away, blew by us. Uh, three out of the four games in regular season. And uh, uh, I, for one, at least, was kind of nervous going into the Carolina series last year. I didn't expect them to win, especially not having uh, home ice. Uh, and they were able to pull it off. Uh, but I was very encouraged, really, the way they played against Carolina all year, that, uh, you know, if it comes to that and we wind up playing Carolina, whether it's in the first round or the second round, uh, I won't be over it confident but i'll be pretty confident that we could uh certainly play with them and beat them we've got the better goaltending as far as i'm concerned and again especially the being out uh you know really hurts them because they're you know a little more top heavy with uh, oppo uh, uh on their their top line so uh, i i think the rangers would have uh, enough depth to get by Carolina. But again, we'll talk about that. But I thought it was very encouraging both games that we played against uh, uh, Carolina. Uh, as far as the Devil game, you know, I, I mean, you know, they they really turned on their speed and I thought the Rangers had a little problem catching up in the first period. But I thought they, you know, as the game went on they, they uh, kind of adjusted uh, to the speed. We hadn't played the Devils in quite a long time. I mean, we know they're fast, but you know, sometimes when you're on the ice, there you have to reacclimate yourself to the fact of how fast they are, and they they you know they are very fast skaters. But uh, the thing that really surprised me in that game is how the Devils kind of uh, uh, took away the neutral zone from the Rangers. Uh, you know, you, you, you thought that uh, the the way the Devils kind of uh, you know were kind of a high flying team that uh, you know you might find some openings. Uh, in their defensive structure, but they played very well defensively in that game too. And so, uh, you know, I thought, again, Rangers, you know, came back, made it close, could have won that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't enough. So, again, uh, you know, I feel pretty good about playing the Devils with all the playoff experience we've got. But, again, we'll, we'll get to that next year. Um, now, the, the Buffalo game, you know, I know yeah. these guys get paid a lot of money and they're professionals and and – well, I'll tell you what, you know, I was bored. Don't say it, don't I, I, say it. I had a hard time getting into the game. I, I was on a little bit of a downer after the Devil game. So I can't get on them for, for the game they played against Buffalo.
1: Um,
0: you know, that was just, uh, like I said, I had trouble getting into the game too. So, And and you know what, I mean, that, that kid, uh, Levi, Wow, he had a game. And, a you know, yeah. I, after the devil game, I kind of feeling like, you know what, we're not going to catch the devils. I felt good for the kid because, frankly, he deserved that win. And, you know, we had family in the stands and everything. And, and um, you know, I, I, I usually don't feel good after a Ranger loss, but I felt good for him, and it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, and then, finally, the Washington game. I mean that to me that game was never in doubt. I never felt that uh once we got ahead two nothing quickly, I guess they learned their lesson from uh Gallant's uh kind of uh rage after the Buffalo game, which I've never seen him uh that mad before. You can see fire coming out of his eyes and uh you know, so I guess they got that message, came out flying in the first period, got that two nothing lead and to me kinda cruised from there. I kinda put my feet up and didn't think that game was ever in doubt, so that was encouraging again to bounce back from a, a poor performance, uh, and which they were, which they did the playoffs last year a couple of times too. So I thought again that was very encouraging that they got the message, they knew what they had to do, and they took care of an inferior opponent uh, to get the, those two points. So I think we're back on track again. Cool, man. Cool.
1: So. Um... Since uh, we got the Glenn, we'll get the Scott and get the Carl. But let's—I'm uh, let, gonna turn over the helm to RP Ranger Proud. RP, what's going on, what man? Is you, let's bring him on, Ranger Proud. Go ahead and how you doing, sir? Going once, going twice. Oh, maybe it wasn't Ranger Proud. Sorry about that. Maybe that's live, live. I don't know. Maybe that was live. Uh, we'll get back to it. So let's do this. I got two questions. I got two questions for Scott. The same two questions. But Glenn, do you have a question for? um for Scott, on top of the two questions I asked you about, do we catch Jersey and what about the last four games? Do you have a question for Glenn? I mean, Glenn, you have you know a what? for Scott?
0: Yeah. Sorry about that. I would like to hear from Scott because I know last week he was pretty adamant that – or two weeks ago that he thought we were going to catch the Devils. So, um, I, I, I'm wondering if he feels – you know, if he feels the same way now, knowing that the Devils have a couple of tough games coming up. Uh, we've got a couple of games, you know, a tough game against Tampa, but – uh, St. Louis, uh, so we got a couple of games that we can pick up some points. Um, so, is, uh, Scott, are you feeling as confident as a couple of weeks ago that we can still catch the devil?
2: Um, I'm not as
0: confident, but it is still on the table. The fact
2: that it's three points and not four is huge because we don't have the tiebreaker. That's uncatchable. But now, you know, so now it's a difference of two wins. You know, we win two, they lose two, and we are in first place. So it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it is possible. Um... You know, that being said, what do I want to see? And Glenn, I'm in complete uh, agreement about all the games you said. I was happy with the way that they played that split in Carolina. Um, I was happy – with Washington the other day. I was not happy with the two in between specifically the, uh, the devil's game because they had closed it. You know, they had closed it from like seven or eight points down to the two with that meeting, you know, in, the, in like a yep. two week span, the devils were on the ropes and the Rangers just didn't, they, they just came out slow. They have such a knack. You know, I thought this was an AV problem or a Quinn problem. It's not, it's just a, it's just a New York Rangers franchise problem. And, you yep. know, he, he, you know, I realize it's just a regular season game, but but you know, you got to come out more fired up than that. You know, we've seen it, and we've seen this for years. You know, when they play the Islanders, you know, they they come out and it's two nothing Islanders before the game is ten minutes old. You know, for it's, and it's nothing to do with the coach. Obviously, it's just I, I. It's a little disheartening that for a game like that, they let the Devils walk all over them and take a two nothing lead, and it was enough. And, and by the time we got back into the game, we just you know, you know, like you said, the Devils, uh, you know, shut down the neutral zone. We were able to get one back, but not. Two Too, it was a little just a little disheartening. Uh, And then Buffalo, the same thing. They 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 came out really slow, and they were able to fight their way back and get the tie. And to me, what happens after the tie is just bonus points. It's not you know I don't really count it as a loss per se. They just didn't get the win because three on three. Anything that you don't see in the playoffs, I don't count as real hockey. As entertaining as it is. but in the meantime, there's uh, you know there's points on the table, so I don't think we're I think we're gonna fall just short. That being said, I don't really care. Uh, first of all, I do want to play the Devils. I absolutely want to play the Devils over Carolina, and it has nothing to do with who's easier to beat because we can easily win either not easily, but we can win either of those series. Or we can lose either of those series. But why I want to play the Devils in the first round is because. The Carolina was just a grueling series. You know, if we're going to win that series, it's seven games, six at the absolute minimum. It's it's a chess match. It's 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 it's, it's you know it's back and forth. It's 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 physical. It's it's really smash mouth, grueling hockey, and that's not the kind of thing I want to do in the first round. The Devils, mm-hmm. because of how fast paced and and just more open it is, I think that's more of a first round series. That's the kind of series. Now again, we can we can lose. I don't think there are any easy of an opponent to beat per se but it's just an easier series i think to play uh in that first round you know that's a series that we can we can win or lose in four five six or seven either way but i think carolina if we're gonna win that series it's six six at the absolute minimum and that's a little much for the for, for the first round after what we saw last year and not only that but you know, we saw Rod Brindamore put a home ice advantage in that that we've never seen before. Uh, you know, with, with with him utilizing the last chains again, that 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 chess match aspect of it. Uh, Lindy Ruff, terrible coach. <laughs> can't do it. Uh, Devils fans were already calling for his head. It's great. With the season they've had, uh, because of the last 10 games, their 4-6 and route, uh, when, when, the uh, when the Rangers were closing in, they were calling for his head. It was beautiful. So, uh, you know, we, we, can, we can talk about that more in depth later, but uh, I actually looked up the numbers, and, and, and of the top 10 winningest coaches of all time in the regular season, th- only three of those coaches have never won a Stanley Cup. Uh, we're very familiar with Elaine Vigneault, obviously, is one of them. Uh, Lindy Ruff is the my notes here. Lindy Ruff is the fifth winningest winningest coach of all time, and he does not have a Stanley Cup, and I think there's a reason why. Uh, some coaches are just built for the regular season, and then when it comes down to the playoffs, and it becomes a chess match per se of, of coaching of you know coach on coach. Some coaches just can't do it. He's one of them. Elaine Vigneault was one of them. We saw it firsthand uh, how he was outcoached left and right in 2015, 2017. Um, and I think that's the reason why both of those coded. Paul Maurice in case anyone's wondering is the third one uh, that doesn't have a Stanley cup. I'm not familiar with some of the teams that he's had. I know he, um I know he had a couple of really good Winnipeg teams in 17 and 18. I don't remember why they lost. uh So I don't know, but I can tell you that, you know, Two coaches that we're familiar with, Lindy Ruffin and and, and A.V., Uh, it's been blatantly obvious in in our tenure with A.V. why he couldn't win a Stanley Cup um, because he was just out-coached in every aspect of the playoffs. And unless he's got just overwhelming talent against the other team, uh, he's just not going to win a Stanley Cup. And and I think that looks good for us when we play the Devils uh, because we do have the decisive advantage in coaching, Um, you know, we, we can get more into, you know, when that series becomes a reality, uh, we, you know, I'm sure we'll do the whole preview thing, so I don't want to spend too much time on that. But, um, yeah, I definitely want to play the Devils in the first round uh, over Carolina for that reason. I just think it'll be an easier toll on their bodies, if that makes any sense, as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say they're an easier opponent. I just think it's, it's, it's Carolina's too much for the first round. So I think I, I'd like to see Carolina hold on and win that division. All right, now Scott, do you I have think, a I question think we, for uh, you? Do you what? Oh, uh, oh no, I was just, uh, I was just gonna add to to the end it there. Um, I, I think uh, home ice, whether we catch the Devils or not, does not bother me because as we've talked about, we're gonna have crowd in in you know Newark Garden or not matter. We're gonna have the crowd in both arenas, and again, Lindy Ruff is not you know, put that Brindamore home ice advantage, coaching uh, advantage uh, to the point. So whether he catch the Devils or not, to me, it's kind of irrelevant. I just would have liked two of them to come out a little fired up against them. a little more fired up last uh, time.
1: You have, a question, you have a question for Carl, and on top of that, uh, if Carl can answer those two questions as well. Uh, you have a question for Carl,
2: Scott? Do I have a question for Carl? Um Yes, I would say. um, Who would you rather play uh, in the first round? Uh, You know, obviously our choices are only Carolina or the Devils. So, uh, who would you rather play in the first round if you had the choice?
3: That's a very good question. You know, I brought this up. I think it was last week. We actually kind of talked about this. this. The styles make fights, and so I think the Devils. Well, here's the. You know what? I probably would actually take Carolina. Um, from the standpoint of even though it's a chess match and it's a, it's a grueling, it will be a grueling series again if they, if they meet once again. Um, watching the Devils the way I saw that game last week kind of me a little bit by surprise in the fact that I thought there was a speed issue that was at, in play that I don't think the Rangers can solve against them. For some, it seemed like the Rangers were chasing the Devils, and Devils just as a team just had much more team speed than I had expected. And I'm not sure, even if even in a seven-game playoff series, I'm not sure how that part is solved. Um, and so that matchup is gets a little bit more trickier than I think. But I would take Carolina because Carolina cannot offensively. Um, they only have certain ways they can score. They sort of, there's a, they sort of max out as a team. Um, and the Rangers, because of the fact that, and I think I've noticed, if you probably guys have noticed this over these couple weeks here, as we've seen all these players now on the team, and just as we watch them sort of night to night, I can at least say every time the Rangers have a line on the ice, <clears throat> they could strike at any moment. And having that ability to do that is so invaluable because you turn around and all of a sudden, boom, a goal's on the board. You can get down 2 nothing and you can get back in the game if, as quickly as possible. And, you know, the, ability, the Rangers have so many options in terms of who can score relative to, let's say, Carolina, that I think in a, in a series again this time, the Rangers would be – in a much better position to be successful um, than, let's say, I would rather, let's put it this way, I'd rather play the Devils in the second round than the first round and take my chances that way.
0: Okay, now, Carl,
1: what about uh, your thoughts? Uh, you got any questions from myself, Glenn, Scott, as we go back around? Uh, any thoughts uh, over the last, oh, matter of fact, Carl, what are your thoughts on the last four games, you know, the two-row games? In Carolina and Florida, the, the Buffalo game, the nice win in Washington. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, you know, this issue of, of how uh, – independent of the Washington game, because I only saw a few minutes of it, and when they got up 3 nothing, I said, okay, I think I've seen just about enough. Um, the issue of the road starts to these games, um, I, I don't know what to make of it right now. Maybe just outside of just a veteran team sort of managing these games, to get to the finish line. That, all right, they get down to nothing, then it's like, all right, got to kind of turn up. Would it be better if they came out right at the start of the game and, and proceed to, to do work? Yes. Um, but I'm, I, and I, I think I started on this in the middle of February, you know, just this idea of they've been kind of locked into this position for a while. And even though they made up those points going into that game against uh, against the Devils, you know, so much has to go right when you're tra- when you're chasing that big of a deficit that you almost have to basically play perfect the rest of the way. and that's not that's not feasible. It's just not. So there was that aspect. The Buffalo game, all right. I mean, listen, should they play better? I mean it'd been better if they would have started out the game correctly again, but that happens uh again, you know, these three games and four nights is you know, a bit of a tricky situation and you've got three more coming up here in the next four nights before we kind of close out the uh before we kind of close out the year. So I think from that standpoint, that is still an issue. Um, the whole life issue with the Rangers and Devils that we talked about for a while, I, I do want – I guess the question would probably be posed like this. Would you rather have the home game or would you rather have the last change? Um, I would probably would rather have the last change um, in this situation – because I think that might give you more of an advantage. We've been sort of talking about, you know, the crowd, whether or not, you know, oh, whether you know, the Rangers play on the road or, you know, what's the, you know, it's no big deal. I would probably, given the option, I probably would rather have the last change and um, in, in, in play it out that way. But unfortunately now with them being down by, was it three points or five games to go, um, I would not want to, I, I just don't want to play this out. I talked about this last week where you're trying to now go all out the last, three games of the season trying to attain something that might not be attainable, you know, just to put that effort in. I'd, re- I'd prefer the last game of the season to just sort of be like, all right, guys, we kind of know what's about that, you know, what's going to happen in a few days. But be- with the only issue with that right now, I didn't realize this is because of the way the salary cap is set up. The Rangers don't have the ability to really sit anybody uh, to call anybody up for those last you know, two games. I know Toronto is going to be calling up guys coming up uh, in the next uh, couple of games here because they're basically locked. they're locked in. Their matchup is set. There's nothing else that's going to happen besides what's going to you know what's going to. But then they're going to call up guys with the Rangers because of the cap situation can't do that. So to go all out these last couple of games, I would I would just play it straight, just manage it. and and take it from there, let the chips fall where they may. But I would rather have those last two games of the season not mean anything at all and just get ready for the postseason.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that because uh, common opponents, we have the same opponents. Even though they have Boston, and to Glenn's point, they're probably going to just keep on playing them and try to take away TOI from their top nine guys where we got Tampa Bay tomorrow or on Wednesday when people get, you know, a chance to listen. And, of course, uh, Toronto at the end of the year. I think, you know, de- Toronto and Tampa Bay, they're already a lock, and that's actually alluded to my question on the Eastern Conference uh, later on. But I'm going to go back to Glenn. I'm, well, I'm gonna, I have a lot of points I want to bring up. Say what?
3: Well, let me, let me follow this up, uh, Stephen. I guess I'll pose it to everybody. Have the Rangers won that game? Would your approach – so the finals, five, six games of the season had changed as opposed to them a little losing. Bit. I almost feel like them yeah. losing was the best thing that could have happened.
1: Well, oh, on that. Why, why the best thing that could have happened?
3: Had, because had they won, they'd have been in a position where they would have had to kind of maintain. And that could then lead to a situation where you're trying to hold on to home ice, you're playing guys more as opposed to now you can kind of manage the game a certain way. You're trying to win the games, of course, but when you're, you know, you're just kind of now hoping for things to sort of bounce your way, but you're not trying to hold, you're know, the the, the you're not being chased. You know, you're hoping that the Devils maybe slip a couple of games here and you take advantage, but as opposed to have the Rangers had won. Let's just say they, by Friday, after that Buffalo game, let's say they had overtaken them in the hypothetical world. Well, now, you can't necessarily just kind of play around with the games because now you're just trying to make sure you're holding on to that, to that spot, to that number two spot, as opposed to when they lost. Well, you, mentally you just sort of fall back and say, ah, all right, you know, we gave it a shot. Maybe it's not going to happen. Mathematics and all that is just not going to work itself out.
1: Yeah. I, I'm actually thinking that that's what they're doing now. Cause it was going to allude to my point. I was going to bring to Glenn as we go back around um, Glenn and that's why, like, I saw Ranger fans on social media uh, since we were off on our hiatus or break where they were kind of a little bit rough on Patrick Kane because they expect 50 goals the moment he arrived from Chicago, right? Or, you know, Uh you know, I thought they played pretty, all right, you know, all right. They both have five goals each since coming over. In trades to the range or from the you know you know to the Rangers from St. Louis from Chicago respectively, but you know what I noticed in uh, Glenn, I want to go back to you that what what Carl just said as far as you know management per se, like I saw that in that Washington game with Tarasenko. You know he didn't play a lot, but you know he had a nice goal though over Kemper's uh, arm. Uh, you know I think this is the you know because. I can understand Carl's point. Losing that game, now you don't have that pressure just to fight for <laughs> taking a, a train stop to Prudential Center. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what we're really fighting for. Are We're gonna go really all out like that just for you know a, a you know a stop on a New Jersey transit to the to the Rock. I mean, I mean, are we gonna go? Are we that hell bent? Oh, but here's the other here's the other thing though. I didn't really look at Carolina's schedule. And, you know, they're a wounded animal, like you said, with Shonestikov is out, right, like Glenn? What if they do Mm -hmm. What if we end up playing Carolina? Because there's the musical chairs act, too. Like, I would think New Jersey is not going to fold. I think we lost our opportunity uh, at that point when we lost to them, right? But put that on the side. You know, if you want to answer, you know, you can tackle that if you want. Cool. Here's my other point. I wanted to go back to... You know, since we're at pretty much at the end of the season with five games left, is this a okay? This is where you know it gets a little, it may get a little finicky for blue shirt fans, uh, Glenn. And feel free to answer however you like. I think LaFleur has played well, right? Mm-hmm. I think and pretty much the kid line in general. Let's talk about the Heedle extension. You know, how do you, your thoughts on that, right? But what about, in particular, our top two draft picks for those back-to-back years? Lafayette, who's actually played well as of late, and then also Kako. Do you think them not getting to, like, let's say the 20-goal mark um, would – I would call it a – do you think it's a down year or a – not only say a failure, but for the high draft picks as they are, do you think that's – you know, personal achievements they probably had. They probably would never, never say as public as something that, that's let down personally, but even though as a unit they're playing well, do you think Kako and Lafayette are going to – I don't think they're going to make it at this point – get to that 20-goal mark uh, uh, individually? What are, what are your thoughts on that? And then what do you think they're thinking behind closed doors? Because of the pressure – or you know maybe the pressure is kind of relieved now you got you know big guy you know big name you know Stanley Cup winners that's traded to you maybe that's you know that pressure's not there what are your, what are your thoughts as okay kids I, individually I, yeah and as, a, as I, a unit I
0: I think there were about five questions there so I'll try to answer them all and and you uh, keep me in line and remind me about this one um yeah, yeah, but one I thing I do one thing I do want to point out is. Kudos to Carl and to Scott because I listened to Scott and Scott convinced me uh, that we wanted to play, uh, I think you said the devils in the first round. And then uh, Carl turned around and totally convinced me that we want to play Carolina in the first round. So now I'm back to, I don't know who we want the first round, but you guys did, I I think a a great job on uh, making uh, a case for playing either in the first round. Um, as far as patrick kane goes the pressure i think patrick kane would be fine you know you you they're trying to find where exactly he fits you know with the power play playing with panarin don't play with panarin what line and everything to me we got patrick kane for starting on april 17th not for what happened between the time we got him and and the next few games of the season so um i i I'm, I'm, i think we got him for the playoffs and I'm going to be uh, very interested to see what he brings once the playoffs start. Cause I think he's going to matter there. Um, uh, you mentioned Tarasenko as well. And to be honest, I was shocked when uh, they said on the game the other night that Tarasenko just had like six or seven goals in the 20 some games he's been here. Cause I thought he's been a lot more visible than that, you know? And, um, what I realized is what I've noticed a lot of Teresenko is uh forechecking. Um, coming back on he made a great play coming back i think it was in the in the devil game uh, to uh, thwart a uh, uh what looked like it was going to be a good uh scoring chance so I mean I think Terasenko has been to me more visible uh, because he's played a more uh, well-rounded game since he's gotten here. So I was kind of surprised he hadn't scored as much as uh you know I thought he had. Um and as far as Kane playoffs. Um you know, when we get to the playoffs that's that's what we uh what we got him for. Um as far as uh we were talking about uh Carl mentioning that maybe it was the best thing to have to lose that game um because uh, you know that's a good point because like I said right now Um, if the Devils beat Pittsburgh tonight, it's going to be a five-point lead. So that, to me, you know, even if we have a game at hand, is pretty insurmountable. However, if the Rangers had won that game and they were a point ahead of the Devils and had climbed that monstrous hill uh, to get back, I mean, what were they, like 14, 15 points behind the Devils? Um, to, To get back and pass them this late in the season and then lose it, um, I don't know if that matters much to the players, but for me as a fan, it kind of would have been a doubter. Um, if they did wind up, you know, passing the Devils and getting at the second place, these last few games would mean a lot more to me. Um, and, uh, you know, since it looks like, you know, it's not going to happen, then I think it gives Golan a chance to, you know, uh, you know, play a little easier with the guys. Uh, the kid line, uh, we're going to have to bring up another name, I guess, uh, for them next year. But, um, I, I mean, they've been playing the best to me in the last few games of, of all the lines. Really, the third and fourth line has been playing the best. Um, uh, do I feel disappointed if they're not going to get the 20 goals? No. I mean, we got to remember again, they're 21, 22, and 23 years old. And if you're going to compare Lafreniere to Hughes – um, anybody who knows hockey, we all know this. Hughes got thrust into a first line power play uh, situation on a team that, you know, wasn't really that great and didn't have a lot of players to play ahead of him. So some of these players who come up and, you know, do real well right away and, uh, you know, the detractors will say, oh, Lafrigaire, but look at this guy and look at that guy and, you know, they're all doing better. They got more points. Um, you know, those usually a, a, a number one pick doesn't go on a team that's so stacked. Um, and he didn't get the opportunity, the, the ice time, the deployment that a lot of these other high draft picks get. So am I disappointed? No. I mean, we're looking at these guys being here for 10 years. Um, right now, it's not their time because we've got all the veterans on the first and second lines. Um Will they get more of a chance next year? You know, is, is Kane going to be here? Is Tarasenko going to be here? Are they going to be Spots to fill? Is Osman going to be here? Um, so I think that line is going to, is, is, Galanta is getting more confidence in that line because, you know, they have their up and downs, but they're young. We, we, we forget that, you know, Heal is 23 years old. He's been here for five years. So, you know, we think he's 27. Um, he's 23. Kako's 22. Lafreniere's 21. Um, these guys are going to be here for a long time. And I don't think, uh, you know, probably some of the talk about Lafreniere was that, you know, he was this generational type of player that people like to throw that term around, that he was going to come in right away and just wow us. Um, you know, I, 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 I wasn't really feeling that way. I thought those times would come, but not, you know, not to this point. So uh, as far as the kids go, would you like to see more production? Sure. But I think they're, we're seeing more production in the last couple of months of the season. Heedle had that nice run. LaFerge, I think, now has like six points in seven games. Kako's going to the net. He broke that, uh, uh, you know, long scoreless streak that he had. Uh, so uh, as far as that line is concerned, no. I think they're, you'd like to see more production. You'd like to see more points. But – I think they're in a good place right now, and, and they're going to be around, uh, hopefully, for a long time. So, no, I'm not disappointed with where they are right now. Uh, one of them, two of them, they'll get their 20 goals next year. So, anyway, okay. did I answer okay.
1: anything? I did think that's – yeah, anything? you did a good job, man. I, be, okay, I think you're
0: good, true. man. I think you're good. I tried.
1: Let's, let's no, go tried. to uh, Scott get his oh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's go to Scott and get his thoughts, if anything he wants to add on, but also his thoughts on individual um, – you know, statistical statistical goals, or uh, if the heat of extension—if you want to dwell on that—and then anything else, Scott uh, Lafleur and his play lately, and um, let's not forget about Keonja Miller ever since the suspension. I thought he actually picked it up the last couple of games. It kind of looked a bit flat, but you know, because he was out a couple of games, give him a couple of games to get back on track. But Scott, your thoughts, and then we'll go to Carl and we'll go around the league after that.
2: Okay. Uh yeah, a lot, lot, lot of lot of players to cover here. Uh for one, uh Kane, yeah, I mean, you know how social media Ranger fans are. Uh, you know, why doesn't he have a goal of game since he got here? Yeah. You get Glenn you said it perfectly. We we didn't get Kane for now. We got Kane for the for just for game one of the playoffs. Again, I, I referenced Marty Saint Louis. Guy had I don't think he had any points, like not one for the last like fifteen games until the end and everybody was saying, Well, what the hell did we just get? And then all of a sudden the guy was just an absolute monster in the twenty fourteen playoffs uh in the in the twenty fifteen regular season as well. So uh we are seeing shades of what Kane can do. That stick handling, that great passing. Um had a great snipe right over the goalie's uh shoulder. What was that? Uh God, what game was that? Where he came in on the left side, the goalie was hugging the post and so there was nowhere to go and he kinda went over his shoulder next to his head. Uh just a beautiful snipe there. Um mm-hmm. I forgot which game that was. In any case, um, yeah, so I'm not worried about Kane. Uh, the Heedle extension—that's an absolute steal. I mean, we've seen what this kid can do. Out of the out of those three, it's funny because he's the lowest touted of the three, but easily the best or, or most developed. We should say, uh, you know, starting last year, 4.4 uh, 4, $4 million dollars—that's nothing in this day and age. You know, look at some of the. I was trying to justify that to uh, to my cousins. We were talking about it. They said, "I can't, you know, can't believe we paid that." Um, and I was I was just listing. The guys who make more, if Kevin Hayes makes like seven million dollars. Zuccarello makes like six. Who would you rather have at this point? You know, Heal or Zuccarello? And, and be honest, uh, just just listing players that were making six, seven. You know, six, six, seven, eight million dollars a year that are no, not worth anything near what Hedel brings to the table. So that's an absolute steal. As far as that line goes, I mean, yeah, we, we saw what that line could do last year. You know, they weren't together for much of the year, but again, Gallant was doing what he, what he could do with what he had to, 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 to work with. You know, before we got Tarasenko and Kane, we had a serious right wing problem, and he was basically just throwing things against the wall hoping they would stick. Uh, so I don't mind him breaking up that line, but now that we have the firepower we have a complete lineup he is keeping them together and rightfully so because they are just so dynamic you know, I had said, uh, you know, months ago, we don't have three lines. We have like one and a half first lines and one and a half second lines. That's how I see it. Um, we have a decisive advantage over, you know, if they are going to put that kid line third, uh, we have a decisive advantage over anybody we play uh, in terms of third lines because third lines is already considered bottom six for most teams. But for us, it's, it's not. You know, it's, it's top 6.5. You know, yeah, check my math on that. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, it's, you know, our, our, our third line is is part of the top six, really, in, in reality. So, um, I like you know keeping them together. You uh, know, as far as Caco and Lafreniere's production, um, I, I I do, I, Steve, I, do, I totally agree. That uh, you know, Lafreniere has has been a different player in the last like two, three, maybe four weeks. Um, I was not concerned with the numbers he was putting up. What I was concerned about him was. The, like he was getting a lot of point blank chances, and I was hoping, you know, you know, this the, again that term generational talent, like the sniper in him. I was, you know, we were supposed to get a legit sniper out of him, and I just found that he had a lot of point blank opportunities, a lot of one on ones, couldn't beat the goalie, and it was just getting frustrating. And it was so wonderful to see that goal he scored against Washington uh, yesterday or Monday or Sunday because. You know, people are talking about that as a contender for the NHL goal of the year. Just that kind of move, you know, where he just totally undressed the defenseman, forehand, backhand, whatever that was he did. That is the kind of thing that I want to see out of him. It was so great to see that kind of just just pure filth in a move and finish it because it was getting a little frustrating. Again, not so much the numbers because he is 21. I don't need him to have 50, 60 points a year by now. I don't need him to have 25 goals by now. Um, Just little things like Like that, like we just haven't seen that just silkiness that we're not supposed to be getting with him. Um, We haven't seen him just just being able to beat the goalie in situations where with his talent he should be meeting the goalie so hopefully that I mean I know it's only one goal but it was just it was just a breath of it was, it was just a relief to me to see him do that because it, it looked like he was getting frustrating because when a guy like that is supposed to be able to score can't score and how many times did you see him like the goalie make a great save or he, or or he hit the post or, or up, up high and you could tell he like, puts his head up in the air and like oh my god and that you know especially at that kind of age they, that kind of a devastating effect because now all all of a sudden you get guys that are afraid to shoot you know where, where he's got a point blank shot and he's and and, and he gets hesitant to shoot and you know one, one of the things we've been complaining about with this team for years is you, you know that extra pass where, where where the shots should have been taken so you know when you've got a kid like that who you know is, is getting is just not being able to score on on seemingly point blank easy tap ins easy finishes, uh, you know that that could seriously affect his game uh, to the point where he loses confidence in his own ability to shoot and and. Pass, Starts passing up glorious opportunities, uh, and I think that he was doing that earlier on. So, so nice to see him, uh, you know, start to get those moves that that we we were hoping that we would get with him, uh, specifically that goal on Sunday. So, um, uh, who's that left? Uh, that leaves. Uh, oh, Chris Chris Kreider is back in my uh, out of my doghouse again. <laughs> we're, we're kind of happy with him the last couple of weeks. Um, Thank
1: you for
0: that. Thank you for the assist. Um,
2: Yeah, he's back in my good graces. It's a week-by-week trial period with him. Um, But I I, I like what I – because I was frustrated with him again this year. And uh that brings us back to uh to Keandre you said yes I think Keandre's definitely been a different player before um you know you know since since the uh the suspension he's definitely a lot humbler he's a lot you know he's he's trying to play like, like I watched there was an interview with him like right after he came back um, and he, it was, it was a terrible interview to the point where, like, he just had no personality. Like, he sounded like he was giving his interview, like he's just staring straight ahead into space, and he sounded like, uh, like Schwarzenegger in the Terminator. Just, you know, he just sounded like a robot, uh, minus the, you know, glorious Austrian accent, of course. But I'm thinking, like, all right, I know he's trying to play it by the book, but like, you know, come on, give me a little bit of, uh, a little bit of personality, a little bit of pizzazz. I think it was, um, it, it, it was one of the first games after when he came back from the suspension and I believe he's the game winner or something. And I think he had the Broadway hat or whatnot. So he had an interview and, um, it was just an awful, cringeworthy interview because, again, like I get, I know what he's trying to do. He was trying to play it, you know, as, as straight edge and by the book as possible because all eyes were on him because of the suspension. Uh, I get that, but uh, you know, have a little bit of flair, come on now. <laughs> but yes, he has been a, a lot better player since then. Uh, he, he, his his giveaways um, and, and you know were noticeable. You know, we know what he can bring offensively. Uh, he's he's offensively is fantastic. Um, I think he had taken a step back this year defensively and I think um he's noticeably a different player um back toward the good quality the uh um uh you know defensive defense defending uh since the uh since the uh the suspension um so I got I got one more, um, and I, wanna, I guess I'll throw it across. Steve, I'll uh, throw hold, this one let's out uh, to you. Um, hold, hold on, hold on, no, let's, not, let's,
1: hold, let's hold, up, hold that for final up. thoughts because I gotta get, make sure we gotta get Carl and get some time in, so we'll go around for final thoughts after that. But Carl, uh, uh, you, anything you like to add to uh, you know the individual stats or anything else Ranger related before we go around on league and final thoughts?
3: You know, I was very I was very surprised at the. Contract that he will receive relative to the performance he has put on basically the last 80 games. Uh, I was surprised. 4. Point, was it 4.35 or 4.4 million was essentially his. I don't know if he settled for that or if that is what his market dictated. But I felt like, boy, he he is really selling himself short here uh, on a on a contract like that as I just sort of just look at it on the marketplace. You know, if I put him on the open market, what does he get? The number in my head was somewhere starting with a six. So the fact that the Rangers got him at the number that they got, um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm impressed, but maybe just for a personal standpoint, I feel like, you know, you're trying to maximize your, your career earnings if, if you can. So, Hey, I mean, I guess those are the, that was one of the two guys I was I was wondering about in terms of being able to re-sign. One was him, and the other was going to be Lindgren. Who, and I guess we'll probably have to get to him in a minute here. And, and you know what? Actually, we'll, we'll bring this up now uh, since we have some time. You know, when we spoke two weeks ago, we kind of had our um, management phase of how we would try to work Lindgren either. Into the lineup or keep him out of the lineup between now and the postseason. I see. Of course, he is. Not, since that time that we spoke, he had not. He has not played a game at all, and I think he is scheduled to return tomorrow. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm still in the camp of I would still just hold him out the rest of the way until the last maybe two games or so, just to you know get you know back into some some level of shape. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the point at this exact moment of having him return and play the last five or six games of the season. I I don't know the point of this exactly outside of just he wants to play, he's ready to play, he's able to play, and so we'll just put him out there. Uh, I'm not totally sure I'm a big fan of, 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 of how they want to approach this. But what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'll
1: say real quick, and then we'll get Glenn's thoughts on that, and Scott on the final thoughts. And I'm kind of with you because I would think him and Fox have enough uh, pairing time together over the years that that I think that would be fine. He's a stay-at-home. Man. He's basically like you said before. He's Dan Girardi 2.0. He's a stay-at-home defenseman, more physical, will take a lot of block shots. So I don't think that's going to be as much of an adjustment of him coming back on like it would have been Keandre Miller coming off suspension. We're going to go around for final thoughts. We're going to make sure we get off uh, Glenn. I want to go to you because i want to get around to the rest of the league. And I had a question about the Eastern conference because Carl alluded to it with, um, I think it was Toronto. <sighs> Who do you think wins that series? And we can talk about it now, Toronto or Tampa Bay. Of course, Toronto owes Tampa Bay, but I think Tampa Bay is stronger this season than they were last season. We played Tampa, uh, we play Tampa Bay tomorrow. But I also wanted to throw out, throw out this because I didn't want to get off without saying this. You know that, Glenn, that Gorkyov has uh, a better statistical season than Shusterkin this season with the Avalanche? Mm-hmm. Basically, he has 100 more saves. He has a better save percentage with those 100 more saves. He has one more game play. he played. He has played one more game than Shusterkin. And has logged in another 30 about another 40 minutes over Shesterkin. So as much as um, <laughs> it goes to show, you know, year to year, um, and I, I had I had more of a talk, I'll save it for next week with the goalies, because that's when we get down to one more game left in the regular season. But I just wanted to throw that in if you have any thoughts on that as far as Gorkia's, um, you know, good season in Colorado, who's actually statistically played better than Shostarkin. And I know it's almost an apples and oranges situation because he plays for a different team. But nonetheless, it is what it is with the stats. But your final thoughts, Glenn, do you think Toronto um, is going to get past Tampa Bay this time? You know, when we get to that point, they're going to probably be stuck with each other with this pairing. Uh, If you want to answer uh, Carl's thoughts about Lindgren and then anything else you'd like to add, Blue Shirts and around the league, your final
0: thoughts. Um, Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, as far as Lindgren goes, they may want to play him tomorrow night because it's Tampa, and they may want to have a full roster to to play against, uh, uh, you know, a good team that's kind of become a little bit of a rival of the Rangers as well over the last couple of years. Um, I would not be surprised then if they sit him the next night against St. Louis. Uh, so we may see him getting back in to a couple of games. Uh, in my opinion, before the end of the season, he'll probably play the last game uh, against Toronto, just more because it's being the last game and just kind of get ready for the playoffs. But uh, if it was me, I'd play him two out of the last five, three out of the last five. Um, you know, there's a couple of games that that we can do without him. And um, I think that would be the way to go because uh, you know, you, you certainly, he's going to get his share of bumps and bruises in the playoffs as it is. So let's make sure that he's 100% going in. Um, as far as uh, Toronto and Tampa, no, I think Tampa, we can talk more in depth about that next week. But I think Tampa is going to win that series. Um, I remember, Steve, you asked me uh, like last September when we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, the previews for the season. And you asked me what Toronto learned from last year. And I think my answer was, as far as I can see, nothing. Uh, they, they pretty much stayed the same. Their defense is still so-so. And I thought their goaltending uh, went down. Now so Samsonov has had a fantastic year, which has kind of surprised me. Uh, but uh, again, no, I, off the top of my head, and we'll talk more next week. No, I think Tampa's going to win that series. Unfortunately, and uh, Toronto's going to go now nineteen years without getting out of the first round. Um, finally, I'll just mention uh, a couple of things about around the league. Uh, that uh, the uh, the central division uh, Minnesota was on, had like a nine zero and one run and couldn't shake Dallas or Colorado. Colorado's coming on strong. Um, they got a game at hand. I think they're two points behind. That is some race, uh, as far as the Eastern, uh, last two playoff, uh, wild cards go. You know, I, I thought Pittsburgh was going to hang in there, but i tell you, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They, they're a team of, of veterans. Uh, I know Jerry was out for a little while and he has not been good. Casey DeSmith has not been good. They haven't been getting the goaltending they need, um, you know, but they've had Sid and Malkin and, and, uh, you know, the rest of, uh, the rest of their team together. And, uh, they haven't made that push as far as I'm concerned. So, um, you know, was, I, I think they really don't deserve to be in. I mean, the Devils, uh, the, the Islanders have played well, uh, well enough to maybe deserve a spot. And I think Florida does too. Um, you know, so, uh, And I think the Islanders are going to hang in there because they got the better goaltending over the other two teams. Uh, But uh, as far as Florida goes, I think they're going to pass uh, Pittsburgh. I I don't think Pittsburgh deserves to get in. And then just lastly, uh, about Georgiev, uh, he surprised me a little bit, but I thought he was going to have a good year going on that team. Uh, Now, they've had their share of issues. McCarr was out. They haven't had Landis Gog all year. They really haven't had a full team all year. And they floundered a bit the first, I would say, even four months of the season where you were wondering, geez, you know, are they going to make that push? Were they they like a one and done? But now they've made their run, and and they may well wind up winning that division. Um, And uh, the last thing I would say about the Western Conference is um, Edmonton is finally getting goaltending with Stuart Skinner. And with those two guys that they have at the top of their lineup, um, and they've also got, uh, uh, you know, Evander Kane. Um, they've made some improvements. They're they're on a nine zero and one run right now, trying to uh, uh, solidify their spot in the playoffs and also make a run for the division. Um, watch out for them, and we'll talk about that next week too. But if they get goaltending, watch out for them, boy. I tell you, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out of the West. And oh, that's my final thank talk. you,
1: Glenn. Cool. Great. Great. Hey, let's go to Scott. Hey, Scott, we are pressed for time, but if you could summarize that up in 90 seconds, everything, uh, final thoughts, the Ryan Lingren situation, and then we'll go to go to Carl, and then we'll wrap up. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay. I guess my, my gripe about the mark NHL marketing department, I will put off for another week. I just wanted to, on the books that I still have a major gripe. Um, but I will use my around the league about the Calgary flames back in the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. They've won four in a row. <laughs> they have closed within two points of Winnipeg. They are playing tonight against Chicago. So if they can win that, uh, they play Winnipeg tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, so you know if they can take care of business tonight against uh, against Chicago, I think I'm definitely gonna watch that game uh, where they're gonna be playing for the uh, for that wild
1: card. Can I ask you? Can I quickly ask you a question? Because I had that on the table tonight, but since you brought that up, was yeah. it worth that trade for Kachuk and Hoover, though, Where both teams are pretty much in that same predicament: Calgary in the West, Florida in the East, as far as trying to get into the playoffs. Do you think the, those two two teams regret that trade, or are they just gonna live with it, trying to fight to get in? Basically, what you just said, and what Glenn said.
2: Florida might be regretting it. Calgary definitely not because don't forget they had two guys, Goudreau and uh, Kachuk, that were walking. That was guaranteed. Um, you know, they were going to get nothing for those guys. So I think Calgary did what they had to do to at least get something. I mean, good did walk, um, but the fact that they were able to get something and it's not a bad return for, uh, for, for Chuck. So uh, the fact that they were able to mm-hmm. get something to salvage that to keep themselves in the playoff conversation, you know, obviously, yes, it's not optimal to have two just superstars, uh, you know, that you could have traded for first round draft picks and, and prospects easily, but you couldn't because you're a Stanley cup contender. That's an impossible situation. And just the fact that they got something back, I don't think they regret that. Florida might be because they went from President's Trophy to absolute garbage. Now, yes, defense and goaltending is definitely part of that. But uh, I don't know if that's a trade they had to make. Uh, they might be uh, They might be regretting that a little bit.
1: Thank you, Scott. shout out to Scott, man. Thank you very much on that. Let's go to Carl get his final thoughts. And if he has anything around the league, blue shirts around the league, feel free.
3: Well, we got, like I said, two more weeks to go, so we will just play the string out. Uh, around the league, you know, I'm glad you guys had talked about it because I'm me being partial to the uh, Dallas Stars down here. The, the race for the one, two, and three spots in that division are all separated by two total points. And right now, you know, trying to avoid Colorado in the first round for the Stars to me is, is imperative um, I know that they've played them well this season there was actually a game a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday in which they, in which they won six to one uh, that day but I, that's not, not an advantageous position to, for the stars to be in if they had you know they've been playing well pretty much all year and to get Colorado in the first round is just not something that that, that I can go for um, so if they can go ahead and try to get um, you know Seattle in that in that first round series I'd rather take my chances with that um, on the Toronto Tampa Bay front um, I feel you know what? It's going to be a white knuckler again. I feel like we're destined to have Game Seven back in Toronto once again, and I see those faces in the crowd where it <laughs> looks like '04 Red Sox, where they're just sort of waiting for something bad to happen. And and you know, but I think this time it finally, you know, I've been saying like three different times now, maybe this this is the time, and I think this will finally be the time that that turns around. And then the last thing to close it out. Um, you know we have to have this sort of discussion for about a month now in terms of growing the league um i have you know if i don't know if you guys paid attention and i watched it on sunday the the women's college basketball game um, drew a combined, a total rating on sunday of 9.9 million people who tuned in now to put that in perspective the highest rated the 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 most that would rank third in all-time nhl television rankings in terms of games and Personalities sell the sport, and it's you know that I, I, if you kind of look into we've been trying to figure out marketing and you know expanding the league, the league's going to have to get some personalities that you want to tune in and, and watch, independent of the hockey itself. You know, you need sort of that you know face, heel, you know that kind of thing that just radiates on the screen to make you tune in and, and watch. And that Sunday game really, and the whole Final Four in that tournament, really kind of showed a contrast between the two sports. And so it was just something that I noticed as the, as the you know, game wound down on Sunday and, and seeing the, the incredible um, viewership that came in for, for women's college basketball. Because 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was nowhere to be found. And the fact that 10 million people watched on Sunday, amazing.
1: Yeah, and they did a good job moving that games the 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 final four the Friday Sunday format ahead of the men before they used to have it after the men which made no sense, but they, their ratings was actually better than the NBA finals. <laughs> so um, yes, yeah, kudos to the lady lady uh, the the college uh, basketball for the ladies, man. Um, there's been a lot of drama this week with uh, they, they got people talking and that's the same thing I think like I think we've had that conversation before on this show a million times where it's like hockey wants to be in its own bubble I remember I talked about that versus the soccer yeah. and I don't even know the NHL cares I mean I, you know I let's get you know Scott Glenn maybe that's something we could bring that up because you know when the playoffs come you know the ratings are definitely going to get up by by how much I don't know we could we could discuss that next week. But it's good to have you guys back, man. We'll be back next Tuesday. We'll talk about it. Uh, get ready for the playoff. Well, not ready for playoff. We'll have one more regular season game by next Tuesday. Well, after uh, next Tuesday's episode. But it's good to talk with Carl, Scott, and Glenn. Uh, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, around the league, our squad, uh, so on great too, ladies and gentlemen. See y'all next Tuesday. Blee blue. Oh, by the way, oh uh, hoops on Wednesday, and the football, the draft episode next Thursday. Look forward to that. Uh, the baseball and, and got and got some other fun stuff coming up with uh, good fans, man. Shout out to you guys. Blee blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blue, blue.